WMUL-FM, Huntington, West Virginia. And now, News Center 88 at 5, the area source for the most complete news coverage from across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Good evening, everyone, for this Wednesday, September 21st, 2022. I'm David Atkins. And I'm Rebecca Law. Coming up this evening on News Center 88, Russian separatists released 10, including two U.S. veterans. All on your only daily source for Marshall Broadcast News. Michaela Wheeler will be in with the Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Ben Cower will be in with the FM 88 sports report. The current temperature outside is a muggy 92 degrees. And now on to our top story. Russian President Vladimir Putin has ordered a partial mobilization of reservists in Russia, effective immediately. He risks a deeply unpopular step that follows humiliating setbacks for his troops nearly seven months after invading Ukraine. It's the first mobilization in Russia since World War II. Western backers of Ukraine derided the move as an act of weakness. The Russian leader also warned the West he isn't bluff over using everything at his disposal to protect Russian territory in what appeared to be a veiled reference to his nuclear arsenal. The the partial mobilization came a day after Russian-occupied regions in eastern and southern Ukraine said they would hold votes on becoming part of Russia. Hundreds of people were arrested at protests across Russia. Iranians are experiencing widespread internet outage amid days of mass protests against the government. That includes losing access to Instagram and WhatsApp, two of the last Western social media platforms available in the country. An Iranian official today hinted that measures have been taken out of security concerns. Excuse me. The loss of connectivity will make it more difficult for people to organize protests and share information about the latest crackdown on dissent. Iran has been has seen widespread protests over the death of a 22-year-old woman who was detained for allegedly wearing a mandatory Islamic headscarf too loosely. Demonstrators have called for the downfall of the Islamic Republic. Iran's President Ibrahim Rasi addressed the United Nations General Assembly today. New York's Attorney General has sued former President Donald Trump and his company, alleging business fraud involving some of their most prized assets, including properties in Manhattan, Chicago, and Washington, D.C. Attorney General Letitia James' lawsuit was filed today in state court in New York. It is the culmination of the Democrats' three-year civil investigation of Trump and the Trump Organization. Three of Trump's adult children, Donald, Donald Jr., Ivanka, and Eric Trump, were also named as defendants, along with two longtime company executives, Alan Weisselberg and Jeffrey McConney. Alina Haba, an attorney for Trump, said the lawsuit is, quote, neither focus on the facts nor the law, unquote. President Joe Biden has declared that Russia has, quote, shamelessly violated the core tenets, unquote, of the United Nations Charter with its, quote, brutal, needless war, unquote, in the Ukraine. Biden today delivered a forceful condemnation of Russia's invasion to the international body, saying abuses against civilians in the Ukraine, quote, should make your blood run cold, unquote. 
He also said Russian President Vladimir Putin's new nuclear threats against Europe show a, quote, reckless disregard, unquote, for his nation's responsibilities as a signatory of the Treaty on the Non-Proliferation of Nuclear Weapons. And he highlighted consequences of the invasion for the world's food supply, pledging $2.9 billion in global food security aid to address shortages caused by the war and the efforts and, and the effects of climate change. Relatives say two U.S. military veterans who went missing while fighting Russia with Ukrainian forces have been released after about three months in captivity. Eight others, including five British nationals, were also released by Russian-backed separatists after talks involving Saudi Arabia. The families of 39-year-old Alex Droika and 27-year-old Andy Huine announced their release today. The two men went to help Ukrainian forces and became friends because both are from Alabama. They went missing after their unit came under heavy fire in northeastern Ukraine on June 9th. She says an official told her the two Americans are in, quote, pretty good shape, unquote. Coming up, Ohio GOP House candidate has misrepresented military service. That and more news from across the tri-state when News Center 88 returns right after this. I'm Captain Pollution. I use my landfill powers to keep the people of Huntington satisfied with their consuming lifestyles. People enjoy the easy life and what a success it's been. I have this region ranked in the top 25 nationally for air pollution. Is that a blue sky off in the distance? By using the citizens of Huntington to recycle their aluminium cans, plastics, paper, grocery bags and glass, I will drain you of your landfill powers. That's only the beginning. Soon they'll be reusing or donating items, even composting. My influence over this valley comes through the people themselves. Their attitude of use and discard will always keep them under my power. This valley will never witness your fantasy of clean, Mr. Green. This consuming lifestyle is a facade, keeping dirty reality hidden. Stop listening to Captain Pollution's garbage and the trash talk. This message brought to you by the eco-friendly WMUL. Welcome back to New Center 88, voted best news podcast in the state of West Virginia by the Associated Press. I'm David Atkins. And I'm Rebecca Law. The West Virginia Department of Transportation is taking applications for workers in Marshall County. The department says openings are for entry-level transportation engineering technician trainees and bridge inspectors. Marshall County will host a hiring event from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. on October 18th at Marshall County headquarters in Moundsville. Applicants should apply online while at the WV.careers page. That will be followed by an e email test, and applicants who pass the test should bring the email notification to the hiring event. A Kentucky man who killed three students and wounded five more in a school shooting 25 years ago will have to wait another week to learn his fate in a high-stakes hearing that could see him released or denied the chance to ever leave, pr leave prison. Michael Carnell was a 14-year-old freshman on December 1, 1997, when he fired a stolen pistol at a before-school prayer group in the lobby of Heath High School near Patica. 
A parole board panel on Monday heard from victims, many of whom asked that Carnell never be released. Yesterday, Carnell told the panel that he still hears voices, but has learned not to do what they say. An independent commission in Ohio has canceled a pair of debates in the state's governor's and U.S. Senate races because the Republican candidates declined to participate. The Ohio Debate Commission expressed disappointment today that neither Republican Governor Mike DeWine nor Senate nominee J.D. Vance accepted their invitations by the 5 p.m. yesterday deadline. The invitations were extended in May. Republicans have cast the Ohio Debate Commission as less than even-handed. Both Democratic gubernatorial nominee Nan Whaley and U.S. Representative Tim Ryan, the Democratic Senate nominee, had accepted their invitations. Whaley cast DeWine as a coward unwilling to defend his record. DeWine has said Ohioans already know him and his positions well. Officials say a new website highlights how archaeological sites across Kentucky have contributed knowledge about the state's history. A statement from the Tourism, Arts, and Heritage Cabinet said Discover Kentucky Archaeology was launched by the Kentucky Heritage Council slash State Historic Preservation Office in partnership with the Kentucky Transportation Cabinet. It includes information on more than 100 prehistoric and historic archaeological sites across 64 counties. The site was launched in September, which is celebrated as Kentucky Archaeology Month. Prehistoric sites include a Native American rock shelter in the Daniel Boone National Forest, and historic sites include Saltpeter Cave, a frontier-era niter mine in Carter County. Republican J.R. Majewski has campaigned for a Northwestern Ohio congressional seat by presenting himself as an Air Force combat veteran who deployed to Afghanistan after the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Military records and an Air Force accounting of his service tell a different story. They indicate Majewski never deployed to Afghanistan, but instead completed a six-month stint helping load planes at an airbase in Qatar, a longtime U.S. ally that was a safe distance from the fighting. Majewski's account of this time in the military is just one aspect of his biography that's suspect. His post-military career has been defined by exaggerations, conspiracy theories, talk of violent action against the U.S. government, and occasional financial duress. Coming up next, social media posts spark calls to investigate Tennessee's VUMC. That and more news from across, from around the nation when News Center 88 returns. Stay with us. More than 100 million wild animals are killed each year illegally. Poaching is a major threat to our country's wildlife. I'm Tom Barry. I'm an actor with a desire to preserve living space for wildlife. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust does just that works with private landowners to protect wildlife, to preserve natural habitats. To learn more or to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, call 800-729-SAVE. That's 800-729-SAVE, or visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Thank you. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best news program by the National Broadcasting Society. 
I'm David Atkins. And I'm Rebecca Law. A former Minneapolis police officer who pleaded guilty to a state charge of aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter and the killing of George Floyd has been sentenced to three years. Thomas Lane is already serving a two-and-a-half-year federal sentence for violating Floyd's civil rights. Prosecutors and Lane's attorneys previously agreed to a recommended state sentence of three years, and prosecutors agreed to allow him to serve that penalty at the same time as his federal sentence and in a federal prison. Lane appeared at his hearing today via video from a low-security federal prison camp in Littleton, Colorado. The killing, captured on a widely viewed bystander video, sparked protests worldwide as a part of a reckoning over racial injustice. The public funeral for an eastern Indiana police officer who died Sunday after being shot in the head during a traffic stop will be held next week. The Richmond Police Department says that the funeral for 28-year-old Officer Sarah Burton will be held at 11 a.m. Monday at Richmond High School. Following the funeral, a procession will carry her body to Crown Hill Cemetery in Indianapolis, where she will be interred in a section dedicated to public safety heroes. A public viewing will be held from 2 to 7 p.m. Sunday at the Richmond Municipal Building. Stocks bounced around and bond yields snapped higher after the Federal Reserve made a big interest rate hike and sharply increased its outlook for how high it expects to raise rates in coming months. The S&P 500 was off 1.2% after wavering between gains and losses, as traders considered the impact of the Fed's update on interest rates, which have widespread effects on markets and the economy. The Fed is raising rates to fight the worst inflation in 40 years. The worry is that the Fed may cause a recession by slowing the economy too much. A federal agency says an environmental review for a proposed copper mine in Arizona falls short on details about water and the potential impacts of climate change. The U.S. Bureau of Land Management produced the report at the request of the U.S. Forest Service. It came after the Forest Service pulled the environmental review to consult further with Native American tribes on what could be one of the largest copper mines in the U.S. Resolution Copper, has touted the economic benefit and jobs the mining operation would bring if it moves forward. The publication of an environmental review would pave the way for Forest Service land to be transferred to the company. Tennessee Governor Bill Lee has called for an investigation into a pediatric transgender health clinic after videos surfaced on social media of staffers touting that gender-affirming procedures are, quote, huge moneymakers, unquote. Conservative political commentator Matt Walsh posted a series of tweets yesterday accusing the hospital of opening its transgender health clinic because it was profitable. He also criticized some of the treatments Vanderbilt University Medical Center provides to minors. Attorney General Jonathan Schrametti did not rule out the investigation when reached by AP Today. In a statement, VMUC said it follows all state laws. They added that the hospital started its transgender health clinic in 2018 because transgender people face higher risk for mental and physical health issues. Coming up next, the House is set to vote on election law overhaul in response to January 6th. Your daily political update when New Center 88 returns right after this.
Does searching for good music on the radio feel like a wild goose chase? Hey, goose! Hey, come back here! Don't you get away from me! Aha! Gotcha! Ow! Well, your chase is over. Because throughout the week, WMUL plays many genres of music. From hip-hop to jazz to many flavors of alternative, WMUL has just what you're looking for. So don't be like this guy. Stop it, goose! Tune in to 88.1 WMUL. The cutting edge. Welcome back to New Center 88. I'm David Atkins. And I'm Rebecca Law. There are few places in the U.S. with a more deeply ingrained reputation as a refuge for immigrants than New York City. But for Mayor Eric Adams, reconciling that image with an influx of migrants sent to the city as part of a political tactic from several Republican governors is proving difficult. Adams says the city is struggling to accommodate asylum seekers, leading him to explore whether New York can ease its practices for sheltering the homeless or even temporarily house migrants on cruise ships. He is one of several leaders of the Democratic-leaning jurisdiction, facing a sudden test of their commitment to being, quote, sanctuary, unquote, cities or states. Intensifying its fight against high inflation, the Federal Reserve raised its key interest rate by a substantial three-quarters of a point for a third straight time and signaled more large rate hikes to come. An aggressive pace that will heighten the risk of an eventual recession, the Fed moves the Fed's move boosted its benchmark short-term rate, which affects many consumer and business loans to a range of 3% to 3.25%, the highest level since early 2008. The official set The officials also forecast that they will further raise their benchmark rate to roughly 4.4% by year's end, a full percentage point higher than they had forecast as recently as June. A deal has been struck by the progressive and centrist factions of the Democratic caucus to bring a long-awaited policing bill to the House floor just weeks before the midterm elections. House Democrats announced today that legislation to increase funding for local police departments will come up for vote as early as this week. The announcement comes after months of back-and-forth deliberations and inter-party tensions. The negotiations have ramped up over the past few days between Representative Josh Gottheimer, a leader of the centrist coalition, and Representative Ilan Omar, one of the leaders of the progressive faction. An independent commission in Ohio has canceled a pair of debates in the state's governor's and U.S. Senate races because the Republican candidates declined to participate. The Ohio Debate Commission expressed disappointment today that neither Republican Governor Mike DeWine nor Senate nominee J.D. Fance accepted their invitations by a 5 p.m. Tuesday deadline. The invitations were extended in May. Republicans have cast the Ohio Debate Commission as less than even-handed. Both Democratic gubernatorial nominee Nan Whaley and U.S. Representative Tim Ryan, the Democratic senator, Senate nominee had accepted their invitations. Whaley cast DeWine as a coward, unwilling to defend his record. DeWine has said Ohioans already know him and his positions well. The House is pushing ahead on an overhaul of centuries-old election law in an effort to prevent future presidential candidates from trying to subvert the popular will. 
The legislation began debating today is in response to the January 6, 2021 insurrection and former President Donald Trump's effort to find a way around the Electoral Count Act. That arcane 19th century law that governs along with the U.S. Constitution states that Congress how states and Congress certify electors and declare presidential election winners. Trump and a group of his aides and lawyers tried to exploit loopholes in the law to overturn his defeat. A vote on the bill is expected later today. And coming up, Michaela Wheeler will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast. And Ben Cower will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. Stay with us. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism in Marshall is important. It's serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu sojmc. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Michaela Wheeler, and now it's time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. It's a very muggy 92 degrees out there today, but the humidity makes it feel closer to 98 with the added heat from Mr. Sunshine, who is surely showing off and refusing to yield for fall weather. It will cool down tonight, though, as we are expecting lows in the lower 60s. Tomorrow morning, we'll start out with a bit of rain, so grab an umbrella before you head out on your morning commute. That small bit of showers will cool things down by about 20 degrees as we drop from today's high of 93 down into the mid-70s for tomorrow with lows in the lower 50s. Temperatures will continue to drop as we look toward this weekend with highs in the 60s and lows in the 40s. Fall is close, folks. Hold on tight to your pumpkin spice lattes and get ready for sweater weather. Today in weather history, in 1956... Strong southerly winds averaging more than 20 miles per hour with gusts to 34 miles per hour helped the temperature to climb from a morning low of 68 degrees to an afternoon high of 96 degrees. It was the windiest September of record with an average wind speed of 12.4 miles per hour. Thank you to weather.gov for that information. That does it for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. Currently outside the WMUL studios, it is a sunny 92 degrees. For News Center 88, I'm Michaela Wheeler. Thanks, Michaela. Now Ben joins us with the FM88 Sports Report. Thanks, guys. Let's start off with some Thundering Herd sports news, beginning with soccer. The Marshall men's soccer team was ranked fourth in the United Soccer Coaches Top 25 poll. Marshall men's soccer readies for a matchup with arch-rival West Virginia on Saturday night. You can listen to the game right here on WMUL 88.1. Staying with Marshall Soccer, the women's team will travel to Jonesboro, Jonesboro, excuse me, Arkansas, to take on the Arkansas State Red Wolves. First kick is scheduled for 4 Eastern. Meanwhile, in tennis, the Marshall University tennis team is set to co-host the 2022 Thunder in the Mountains uh, Invitational with the West Virginia Mountaineers in Charleston, West Virginia. The event will take place at the Kanawha Rec recreational center and the four-team field will also include the cincinnati bearcats and the vcu rams the herd will begin its tournament action in doubles against the vcu rams on friday at 10 a.m followed by doubles against cincinnati at 10 40 a.m 
Marshall then concludes the opening day of the event against WVU in singles, slated for a 6 p.m. start time. Marshall then closes the event on Sunday in singles action against Cincinnati at 12.30 p.m. And now for some sports news across the country and throughout the world. Let's begin with some NBA news. As Robert Sarver, who's been in the news uh, for a lot of things as of recent, says he has started the process of selling the Phoenix Suns and Phoenix Mercury, a move that comes only eight days after he was suspended by the NBA over workplace misconduct, including racist speech and hostile behavior towards employees. Sarver made the announcement Wednesday, saying selling is, quote-unquote, the best course of action. He has owned uh, both of the teams since 2004 when he purchased uh, specifically the Suns for about $400 million. He's not the lone owner, but the primary one. Forbes recently estimated the value of the Suns at $1.8 billion. In MLB news, the Kansas City Royals have fired longtime general manager Dayton Moore, who took the club from a perennial 100-game loser to two World Series and the 2015 championship before its return to mediocrity. Royals owner John Sherman, who retained Moore after acquiring the club from David Glass in 2019, announced the decision in a news conference that Moore attended at Kauffman Stadium. Moore was elevated from general manager to president of baseball operations earlier this year, when longtime understudy J.J. Piccolo took on the GM role. Piccolo will now lead the baseball operations department. In NFL news, the Buccaneers have signed veteran wide receiver Cole Beasley, with star Mike Evans or star receiver, excuse me, Mike Evans suspended for this week's game against the Green Bay Packers, and Chris Godwin and Julio Jones hobbled by injuries. The Bucks addressed the potential need for help by signing Beasley to the practice squad. Evans' appeal of a one-game ban for his role in an on-field brawl was denied Wednesday, shortly before Beasley practiced for the first time. The 33-year-old Beasley said he's always wanted to play with Brady and is willing to fill any role the Bucks ask of him. Meanwhile, in golf, Greg Norman says he has been asked not to attend the QBE shootout in December. That's the PGA Tour-sanctioned event that he started in 1989 as the Shark Shootout. It's held at uh, Tiburon Golf Club in Naples, Florida, and it isn't clear who asked Norman not to be there. The tournament director says it was a collective decision to keep the focus on charities. Norman says perhaps it's because he's giving golf an alternative with his Saudi-funded LIV Golf League. He says he disagrees with those who believe it is disruptive because evolution is a positive change. In tennis news, Roger Federer says he is now at peace with his choice to retire from professional tennis and plans to close his career with one doubles match at the Laver Cup, perhaps with longtime rival Rafael Nadal by his side. Federer says he knows it is the right decision for him to walk away from the game at age 41. He spoke at a news conference at uh, at the arena that will host the team competition founded by his management company. The 20-time Grand Slam champion announced last week that he would be retiring. He says it took him a bit to get used to the idea of stepping away from competition. And that will conclude today's FM88 Sports Report. From F- for FM88 Sports, I'm Ben Cower. Thanks, Ben. Coming up, if you give a crown prince a cricket cookie... Stay with us to find out more right after this on News Center 88. The worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage. 
Welcome back, everyone, to Lexington, Kentucky. It is still survive and advance time. Welcome back in to Fifth Third Arena, Cincinnati, Ohio. The Marshall Thundering Herd lead the 24th ranked team in the country, the Cincinnati Bearcats, back here at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. If you give, and finally today on New Center 88, if you give a crown prince a cookie made of crickets, he's going to take a bite and name the combating, in the name of combating climate change. Crown Prince Frederick of Denmark sampled the confection topped with dry crickets while participating in yesterday's session on sustainable food at the Citizen Sustainability Summit. The summit was put on at the Danish consulate in New York to align with this year's high-level meeting of the UN General Assembly. According to a press release from the palace, the Crown Prince and his wife are helping launch Denmark's candidacy for a UN Security Council seat. A summit spokesperson said he liked the cookie. The City of Lights will be a bit less so. The committee governing Paris's Champs Elysees says it is switching off shop lights on the famed avenue hours earlier each night to help save energy as the war in Ukraine squeezes the electricity market in Europe. The plan announced yesterday means that the shops on the avenue will go dark at 10 p.m. instead of the current 1 a.m. It will take effect on October 15th. Shops on the avenue that remain open past 10 p.m. will, quote, naturally, unquote, have an exemption. The committee said, the avenue's dazzling Christmas illuminations will also be affected and will now be switched off at 11.45 p.m. instead of 2 a.m. And that does it for this edition of News Center 88. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University and the tri-state area. And remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu slash WMUL. For David Atkins, Ben Cower, Michaela Wheeler, and Abigail Cunningham, and the entire New Center 88 team, I'm Rebecca Law, and your thought of the day is, our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is to always try just one more time. Thomas Edison.